Doctrine and Covenants Momentary. Um, today is December 29th, and we are continuing our reading of the introduction. This is the testimony of the Twelve Apostles to the truth of the Book of Doctrine and Covenants. The testimony of the witnesses to the Book of the Lord's Commandments, which commandments he gave to his church through Joseph Smith, Jr., who was appointed by the voice of the church for this purpose. We therefore feel willing to bear testimony to all the world of mankind, to every creature upon the face of the earth, that the Lord has borne record to our souls through the Holy Ghost shed forth upon us, that these commandments were given by inspiration of God and are profitable for all men and are very are verily true. We give this testimony unto the world, the Lord being our helper, and it is through the grace of God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, that we are permitted to have this privilege of bearing this testimony unto the world, in which we rejoice exceedingly, praying the Lord always that the children of men may be profited thereby. The names of the twelve were Thomas B. Marsh, David W. Patton, Brigham Young, Heber C. Kimball, Orson Hyde, William E. McClellan, Parley P. Pratt, Luke S. Johnson, William Smith, Orson Pratt, John F. Boynton, Lyman E. Johnson. In successive editions of the Doctrine and Covenants, additional revelations or other matters of record have been added as received and as accepted by competent assemblies or conferences of the church. An 1876 edition, or the 1876 edition prepared by Elder Orson Pratt under Brigham Young's direction, arranged the revelations chronologically and supplied new headings with historical introductions. Beginning with the 1835 edition, a series of seven theological lessons was also included. These were titled The Lectures on Faith. These had been prepared for the use in the School of the Prophets in Kirtland, Ohio from 1834 to 1835. Although profitable for doctrine and instruction, these lectures have been omitted from the Doctrine and Covenants since 1921 edition, since the 1921 edition because they were not given or presented as revelations to the whole church. In the 1981 edition of the Doctrine and Covenants, hey, I was one when that was 1981. Three documents were included for the first time. These are sections 137 and 138, setting forth the fundamentals of salvation for the dead, and official declaration 2, announcing that all worthy male members of the church may be ordained to the priesthood without regard for race or color. Oh, man. That's crazy because, okay, so I'll have to look this up and maybe comment on it um, on this later. But something, uh, first of all, this is, okay, maybe I should finish reading this first before I, uh, before I jump in. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Okay. Um, each new edition of the Doctrine and Covenants has corrected past errors and added new information, particularly in the historical portions of the section headings. The present edition further refines dates and place, place names and makes other corrections. These changes have been made to bring the material into conformity with the most accurate historical information. Other special features of this latest edition include revised maps showing the major geographical locations in which the revelations were perceived, plus improved photographs of church historical sites, cross-references, section headings, and subject matter summaries, all of which are designed to help readers to understand and rejoice in the message of the Lord 
but in the message of the Lord as given in the Doctrine and Covenants. Information for the section headings has been taken from the manuscript History of the Church and the published History of the Church, collectively referred to in the headings as Joseph Smith's History and the Joseph Smith Papers. Okay, so like I was saying, um, so first of all, this is the first time I've ever actually read the Doctrine and Covenants introduction. And that's pretty awesome to see all of this kind of um, in like a chronological order or to see what happened and to see that there's some changes and things like that. Um, but as far as the um, official declaration two that was added in 1981, which was when I was one, they they had a conference and I think it was in 19... 19- Oh, 74. I'll have to look that up um, later or you can look it up and know which year it was. But anyways, before I was born, they actually came out with this official declaration. In fact, let's see if I can find it. It has a link right here. Oh, yeah, right here. Um, It's 1978, September 30th, 1978, and it was during a general conference. Um. And basically, uh, before this declaration, uh, two came out, um, apparently our brothers and sisters who, who were black couldn't receive the blessings of, um, the priesthood the way, or couldn't hold the office of like an Aaronic priesthood holder or a Melchizedek priesthood holder. And I, I never knew that like before, like when I was 14, (laughs) it seems really weird. So my parents, or at least my dad, I, I don't remember what my mom would say about this, but I remember my dad specifically saying things like pretty racist things that said that he would say things like, Oh, this is why the, the, the blacks can't receive the priesthood or, you know, they're, he was just not very nice towards our black brothers and sisters. And it's sad because I was going to a school, which was predominantly black at the time. Um, I was going to uh, Crystal Lake middle school. And then for high school, I went to Ely high school. So my elementary school was um, predominantly white but when I, I switched schools because I didn't want to go to the same school as the, as I was going in elementary school, cause all those kids were mean to me. So I was like, I would rather go to a different school. And so the only option available to me was the next school, I guess, over, but they were doing a magnet program. And that just means that they were trying to pull kids in from different um places that were of different races and colors and so they were trying to make it a more diverse school because they were predominantly black so they were trying to bring in other kids right so anyway I was um I was kind of sad that my that my dad would make these kind of comments knowing that I was going to these to this school and I was so confused I was like really like the blacks like black people don't have the priesthood. Like I was, I didn't even know. Right. And I didn't know enough to like 
go and actually read scriptures to verify this. Obviously, I could have found it in the Doctrine and Covenants right there. Um, but I just didn't know. And I, and I was really sad, um, that my friends and I mean, my parents didn't know at the time, but I had, um, I had some crushes on some, some of my black friends and, um, I would, I got really sad that they didn't, that they wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, experience those kinds of blessings from holding, you know, uh, the priesthood offices. And so I was just like, I was pretty, I was pretty sad about that. And, and I didn't really know how to kind of get over that. But when I was 14, I don't know how it was either they were rebroadcasting something or someone during general conference said something about declaration two in their talk. And maybe I'll find that eventually one day, but it was, it was as if I was hearing that for the first time that my friends who were black could finally hold the priesthood. I was so excited. I had no idea at that time that that revelation had been given even before I was born. Because I remember it as if it happened when I was 14 right then. And I remember these same emotions flooding into my heart and soul and just feeling so grateful that that we could receive such a great revelation from the Lord. And, and it just kind of further testified to me that the prayers of the people can be answered And it's sad that, like, the way that, you know, we interpret things as humans can be flawed in, you know, the revelations that that we have received throughout the years. Um, and that the Lord would have to specifically mention race and color and... It was just, it was just a testimony to me that, (laughs) that, that I know that this is the true church of Jesus Christ, that even if we as humans make mistakes in trying to figure out what those revelations from the Lord are, that he will make it right later and, and help us realize like, Hey, um, this was for everybody. Like, I don't know what you guys were thinking before in trying to segregate maybe, but like, this is how I see it anyway. But he further confirmed like, no, like everybody can have these blessings. It's not just white people or it's not just black people, but it's everybody. It's not, you know, and, and so I just, I was so grateful and And so I just wanted to share that because sometimes we think that because people are different from us, they are less or more 
than we are. But we're all the same. We're all, the Lord loves us equally. And no one is loved any less. And every soul is great in the sight of God. So we just need to, you know, realize that and stop comparing ourselves and and stop trying to put other people on a pedestal above us or us trying to put ourselves above others because in the end we have to all get each other back to Heavenly Father and it'll be a much better experience for all of us if we can include those around us. And anyway, that was what I wanted to share and I had no idea that it was in the Doctrine and Covenants right there in the beginning. Had I been reading the Doctrine and Covenants when I was younger, like as a youth, this would have helped. I can't remember which book it was in seminary. When we read some, when you go to seminary, you go each year for, you go for four years, right? Because there's four books. And you review each book in each year. At least that's how it was when I was growing up. It could be different now. So we would read Book of Mormon one year, Doctrine and Covenants the other year, Bible that or the New Testament in the Bible one year and the Old Testament in the Bible one. Year. I don't know what order we would go in. It would just kind of rotate, you know. And um I I know that I skipped going to seminary one year. And then I tried to kind of make it up the last year. So my junior year, I don't think I went very often. And so who knows? That could have been the year that the Doctrine and Covenants was reviewed. I can't even remember. And so, you know, go to class, pay attention because <laughs> it's worth it and you might learn something new. So anyways, I'm grateful that um, I get to read the Doctrine and Covenants again this year. I have read it. I just never have really read it, I guess, um, since... I can't remember. I think 2012 was maybe the last time I read the Doctrine and Covenants from cover to cover, but I don't know if I ever read the beginning in the introduction. So anyways, um, so I'm excited to read it in 2021 here and see what I can learn this year. And I challenge you to see what you can learn this year. Um, I'm currently going to have a journal where I'm going to write down the things that I do learn, things that stand out to me, and things that um, are helping me. So I would also recommend getting a journal or having a journal handy so that you can take notes as well. Um, and I also am going to read with um, the Redheaded Hostess has some cool study um, study material. And I also... I'm going to be probably listening to Don't Miss This is a podcast um, or a video that they do. Um, it's David Butler and Sister Emily Freeman, and they do a great job of kind of giving you some things to think about. And then also the Scripture Study Project um, podcast does some fun things uh, or kind of brings up some fun different things that maybe you wouldn't think about normally. So those are some resources that I'm going to be using. And hopefully, you know, we can kind of get to know the Lord through the Doctrine and Covenants. So 
Until tomorrow. Okay, as a side note, I forgot to mention that I just re-listened to part of what I just said. And I meant that the declaration didn't, it wasn't that everyone could hold a priesthood office, but that worthy male members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints could hold priesthood office. That was, I just want to make sure I wasn't confusing anyone because not everyone can hold the the priesthood of the Lord. So that was what it was. Thanks. And if you need any clarification on things that I talk about, please go to the source. Just go to churchofjesuschrist.org to confirm things, look things up. That's where you will get real good, solid information. Remember, this is the Doctrine and Covenants momentary from me. So don't quote me on specific things, please. This is not my intention. Um, These are personal thoughts, ideas, and sometimes the things that I'm thinking about don't translate correctly into the words that I say. Um, because this is all just, you know, it's live and I'm, I'm not going to continue to edit back edit things cause that will take too long and then I'll get discouraged and then I won't want to do it. So this is just my one and only, <laughs> uh, disclaimer. Actually, I'll probably have a disclaimer in the rest of the things, but just know it's kind of like when you go to, um, what's it called? When you go to the when you're learning things on the internet about your health it's or, or your fitness or whatever they're always like go to a trained professional yeah well you know look things up <laughs> from the source and just to confirm things that i say but obviously these are um the little details that i might miss out on including but it's not because I maybe don't know them, but it's because I do know them that I don't specify because I think I'm speaking to an audience who might already know them. So anyway, that's that was way longer than it needed to be. So anyways, till tomorrow, we'll keep reading. Bye.